Hello? I, I think we might have lost Carson. Uh-oh. Are you gone, Carson? Uh-oh. All right. I'm going to hang up and call us back again. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 329 with a review of Rosewater. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This weekend, this is review one of two. We are talking about Rosewater, and we'll also have a review of The Theory of Everything. Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Saving Christmas is going to show up. That's right. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know if you were judging one of the films already or, or, or what's going on. But uh, anyways, how are you guys doing this morning? Fantastic. I am I'm doing well. I did something I haven't done in a long time yesterday, which was went to a movie theater and watched two movies back to back. Did you pay which, for both of them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a good person. <laughs> I'm not a heathen. And no, and also, and also this is one of those theaters where... You know, there are two sides, like half the theaters are on the left, half are on the right, and there's a person ripping tickets for both of them. Uh, so yeah. even if I had wanted to cheat my way into the second one, then I would have had to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I didn't know if I was going to see the second film or not, so I wound up staying out quite a bit later than I intended to. Was the second film Rosewater? <laughs> No, <laughs> second film was Saving Christmas. I told I told Steven to save. You got to finish strong with some Casey, <laughs> because yeah. I saw it first and then I saw Rosewater last, and I kind of wish I had reverted. Because you know, not just because of what, not saying content, well, uh, you know, quality wise, but <laughs> content wise, tone you know, wise, yeah. tone wise. I'd rather watch like a somewhat uh, dramatic. Uh, you know, movie first and then a lighter movie. Yeah, lighter yeah. in that it's like higher up than normal movies. <laughs> in that you should be higher. high to watch to watch it. Yeah. Alright, well, well, so you guys are going to talk about uh, saving Christmas? No, we're, we're, no, we're saving we'll, that. We'll save it for Theory of Everything. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I just wanted to wanted to butter people up. You just it's a teaser. For it's a tease. Who, for people who are listening to both episodes, you wanted to give them an idea of uh, something great they can wait for in the oh, next yes. one. Of course. Yes. Sweet. Um, <laughs> How are you doing, Chris? I, I feel like we never ask you that. Yeah, you did you did jerks. you watch your did you uh, <laughs> did you watch your ninety nine cent iTunes rental of Only Lovers Left Alive? I, I did not get a chance to watch that oh, yet. Oh, okay. Um, but it is a film that I am eventually going to watch. Yeah, uh, it's a good movie. I, I That's what I've heard. I mean, it looks good. <laughs> anyway, I've heard from a lot of people that it's like one of the best movies of the year and I should check it out, blah, blah, blah. And then every time I watch the trailer and I'm about to rent it, I think, no, right now I don't feel like watching this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of need to be in the mood for those, for these Jarmusch movies. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's like a weird aspect to it where I'm not sure what the mood is that would make me really want to check it out. Yeah. I don't think it's... I didn't think it's one of the, the year's best, but I mean, it's entertaining. You know. It sounds high, high praise. 
it kind of is... reminds me of when uh, when Netflix had their DVD service. I guess they still do, but like back when people <laughs> used it, um, I, I was subscribed. And everyone told me like Eight and a Half by Fellini is one of the best movies in the world. You have mm. to you have to rent it. So I rented it, and it sat on my end table, taunting <laughs> me every day for eight months. Eight and so a half I, months. It's almost eight and a half. Not oh, quite. okay. It, it it sat on my end table until Netflix temporarily decided they were going to make Quickster instead. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> so I had to send it back, still having not watched it. So, anyway, I paid for eight months worth of Netflix to have a movie that I never watched because I was never in the mood, <laughs> despite being told by virtually everyone that it was a classic that I had to see. It's a good movie. No, that that's, that was definitely the problem with a, a disc-based Netflix is that, like, you're limited to the selection that has arrived at your house, and you can't get more to your house until you send those back, but you never are in the mood to actually... I, 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 Honestly, I get that sometimes with, you know, the movies that we watch for this show where it's like, I'm excited to see this, but like, I'm really tired at a moment in time. And I'm like, but it, this is the time that I have to see this movie. So I have to leave now and go see a movie, even if I'm not like, even in the mood at that moment to watch any movie, no matter how good or bad it is. So um, mm-hmm. it's like that, uh, that sketch on Portlandia where, um, Fred Armisen tells Carrie Brownstein, like, oh, you gotta you gotta rent Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And she's like, oh, I'm kind of on, like, a Ray Zellweger high right now. She's like, I don't want to ruin my vibe. And, like, she rents it, and it sits, like, it sits on her desk for, like, a year or whatever. And it's all about she just lost her groove. Which I've done that before. I don't know. It was funny. <laughs> I, I, I remember that I guess, I guess, you, need to, I guess you need to watch it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you just told the exact same story, but from a television show instead of real. Well, life. they did it. They did it on there. You know. No, I remember I had like a it's laugh of recognition when I saw the episode because yeah. it's exactly what I did. Yeah. Except I'm, my ma- my mailman didn't like take my soul. Only she end. probably she probably wasn't paying ten ninety nine a month or whatever for it to be <laughs> sitting there doing nothing. I, True. I I didn't get to see that episode because I was watching the show through Netflix disc rentals. And oh, I just had oh, it sitting snap. on my shelf for the last eight months. Oh, so so you're like you were like uh, you don't even watch it on instant. You're like, oh, give me the disc. Screw I, instant. I, I don't watch it at all. I was just trying to make another joke about the no, same subject. <laughs> no, but like I like I. It's funny because like I used to get the discs even though sometimes movies were on instant because I was just weird. I don't know. I was like, I don't want to watch it, it on my it's laptop. It's much better when it's on yeah, on real disc, the way that the creator intended it to be. <laughs> exactly. There's something about the medium. Like streaming is just really shitty, and mm-hmm. uh, when when it's by disc, you know that 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 director like expected that quality. You, you can just true. feel the grooves in the disc. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Hearing that laser spin up and that 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 yeah. DVD. Uh, yeah, player. I mean that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. The be- the greats like Christopher Nolan, he equalizes the laser disc spin yeah. in- into the movie. <laughs> I had this DVD of Inception though, and the sound was just so bad. I don't know; it was really weird. <laughs> sound mix is horrible. I think it's so, something went wrong with it, but you know, it's cool because I did get now, to watch it on my seventy-inch television. That would be really funny if, like, someone made a movie where characters feel like they need to explain the DVD noises all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you you hear that like circular spinning thing? Oh yeah, that's just like Bob in the back with his generator. Don't 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 mind him. Uh, 
there's got to be like somebody who thinks they're super artistic who like there's one of those people who like goes to an auditorium and conducts the noise of the audience it's like that guy's dvd is like just the entire soundtrack is just the sounds in your room while you're watching it yeah Mm. well god help you if you put it in your laptop dvd drive and then it starts taking off after you like you know (laughs) <laughs> don't have it like on a flat surface or something well for me, like, for me I, have a, I have a hard drive in my laptop bay so i couldn't do that if i wanted to mm. but anyways rosewater <laughs> rosewater <laughs> what do you say guys uh, we get into this review for this week yep all right we are going to take a listen to the trailer for rosewater and come back and give you our review i'm going to miss you it's crazy how like you're one month pregnant and you're already like this go away it's just one week. Welcome to Iran. Are you here for business or pleasure? I'm a journalist. I'm covering the elections for Newsweek magazine. Ahmadinejad is devoted to the supreme leader. Ahmadinejad is what must be. Don't you want to report the other side? We are the educated. So you're a student? We are the educated. <laughs> Welcome to Dish University. Why did you put away your camera when you saw the satellite? There's certain situations that if you film them, it won't do your friends or the movement any good. Tensions are rising in Iran. The election has ended in controversy. What are you doing? Fighting back! You're gonna get killed, come on! You have a real weapon and you choose not to use it. Stand up. We are here now. Sir, can you tell me why I'm here? That's what happened to foreign spies caught on Iranian soil. You are a spy. Who are you working for? The CIA? Newsweek. Am I six? He will tell them nothing. There's nothing to tell. Where's Anton Chekhov? Anton Chekhov? The, the playwright? Hey, you tell me. It is you who has listed the interest of him on Facebook. You must not just take his blood. You must take his hope. Your wife will never see you again. Your child, your child will never know you. Fight, Ozzy. Use your freedom. Use their weakness. (laughs) What are you doing? I locked you up, but you're still free. In their hearts, they know they cannot win. Okay, so that was the trailer for Rosewater. Basically, we have this Newsweek reporter uh, who dies, and his last word is Rosewater, and then the rest of the film, (laughs) everybody tries to figure out what Rosewater is. It's a porno. <laughs> it's his favorite porno featuring women on sleds. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, now that I got that joke out of my system, uh, Rosewater Good. is actually, it's, it's still about a Newsweek reporter, but he goes over to cover the elections in Iran and uh, he films some stuff that, uh, you know, he shouldn't have filmed and gets arrested by their government and held as a spy. And uh, it's sort of the story of him being held as a spy and uh it's written for the screen and directed by john stewart so that's fun yes carson why don't you start us off and let everybody know what you thought of this film 
Uh, well, I think uh, as far as directorial debuts go, I think uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's commendable. I think you could do a lot worse for sure. Um, <laughs> Saving <but> overall, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think overall, like the the general consensus for me is that it's commendable but dry. Um, I didn't think it was bad, but uh, there's just a lot of stuff in it that isn't exactly. I don't. I wouldn't say boring. It's just very dry. Like I don't. I don't know. Like how else to say, but other than like I admire uh john stewart for making this movie uh he obviously has a personal attachment to the story considering like he was somewhat involved with this guy's capture um but uh yeah and you can you can tell that his his heart is definitely in the story i mean it's a it's a passion project of his it's not just something like oh i read this guy's book and i thought it was good and now i want to make this into a movie um so I feel like there is a sense of of heart in the movie. Um, but overall, it just, it really isn't, it doesn't really amount to anything more than just okay. Like, I think it, it I kind of had the same feeling like I did um, after I saw Kill the Messenger. Um, although I think this movie is better than Kill the Messenger. But it's kind of like an interesting story, but sort of just told in a dry way. Um, but Gael Garcia Bernal is really good in the film, and uh, I did like the fact that there the movie has a lot of levity in it. Um, it's not just some like uh, sobering drama, you know, Iranian prison drama or something, uh, which I I thought would it would have been a little more I wouldn't say intense, but I just was picturing something a little more I guess depressing. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, there is. Uh, there is a sense of humor about it, which I like, and uh, I do give John Stewart props for uh, not opening this movie like every other Middle Eastern set movie with the <laughs> like, like the, the you know the Lion King theme. Wow, uh, yeah, the, yeah, like like the yeah, <laughs> yeah, the uh, I what do you you know like the the, the yeah call, the, the Persian like, chanting and everything the, you know it's just like it's in every Middle Eastern theme movie it's like hey hey it, it, do, it doesn't have the like the xenophobic opening of like Argo or something like that I don't True. know it's a little different um, <laughs> but uh, yeah so that was a that was nice that there wasn't any of that. um i'm I'm serious like even when i saw i saw uh american sniper at afi fest and like the warner brothers logo comes up and it's like i was like man come on can we have one movie like just change it up a little bit anyway so i'm glad that like when like the open road you know and all the opening logos came up it wasn't that would you prefer it was like Metallica or something like yeah America? <laughs> no, but just like it's like we know where he is. we know where he is. So it's like we don't I don't know. I just feel like it's a it's a it's a it's obviously something that's a part of that region, but it's also like in movie terms, it's just worn out. So anyway, um that's all I can I that's all I really have on Rosewater. So uh <laughs> I'll toss it to Steven. Yeah, I mean, uh, so first, 
it's ma- almost a shame, actually. Uh, so earlier this week, um, Marjan Satrapi, who is the person who made Persepolis, I don't know if you oh, ever right. saw that movie. Yeah, uh, she came to Stanford to give a talk. Uh, I didn't go, but my girlfriend did, and she got like two signed books, and we watched the movie afterwards. Um, and that is a movie about the situation in Iran and like the history of it and the oppression that proves that like you don't need a really dramatic personal narrative to make a really like compelling movie about this stuff like that was just a small movie kind of about a girl who was growing up in Iran um and I feel like that film (laughs) that film managed to take the same kind of ideas and make me feel so much more with objectively so much less by way of like torture scenes and things like that yeah um so i don't know i i had that comparison like buzzing around in my head when i was watching this funny enough in that movie she does sing metallica i believe chris (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) or maybe iron maiden one of those no i think it was iron maiden i think i could be mistaken it it, it was one of those bands yeah um either way that's hilarious (laughs) yeah and, and anyway so i mean first of all that movie is like a fabulous movie if if anyone wants to check it out um but so i had that in my mind when i was watching rosewater which tries to open and kind of set the stage of like us iran being in this position where like it was ruled by fundamentalists and it's starting to change hopefully you know that this whole idea of like social media is democratizing people and they're on the move blah 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 like it's clear why john stewart wanted to make this movie it's very much about like the power of media and the power of you know everyone having a camera and everyone having a voice and all this stuff so it it has some point of view but like to echo what carson said it is definitely a slow dry movie i I would say it is boring in quite a few places (laughs) um and the thing is, because it is telling a real-life story, like, thankfully it doesn't embellish, but that also means, like, the story, the stakes are not that high in the story. Like, yeah. Okay, so, like, there are, there are a few times where he believes the stakes are very high. But for the moment, this, this kind of plays as, like, a uh, a guy being held, he starts to lose hope, but hope is never lost for too long. And the series of actions that he takes while being real life still don't feel like what a uh, what a gripping prison narrative would have him do, um, which is kind of like yeah. There, there's, I, I don't there's know no what talking I would've... to Morgan Freeman about uh, <laughs> whether yeah, or not yeah. he did it, <laughs> and right. there's no like just bravely defying right. There, there's no yeah. sort of like I refuse to lie. I refuse to do this. It's very much like hey, I want to survive. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's great that they didn't make up things that didn't happen, but it also made it feel like a story that didn't amount to that much in the end. Um, I mean, it definitely the moments of levity that Carson brought up were the strongest to me was when it when it yeah. got to have this sort of laugh at the idea of uh, the person who's holding him is not that different from he is. The person who's holding him, like maybe his fascination with all of these taboo things can actually work against him. Um I, I thought that was really fun. Like it was a nice, much needed amount of joking in what otherwise would have been a very heavy movie, but not not so heavy that it's like overwhelming. More heavy, but like long, <laughs> like yeah. he- heavy without much purpose to it. Um, so I, I I really appreciated that. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal like does a great acting job. 
But again, considering how dramatic on paper the situation is, I felt like he was never really required to give a deeply dramatic acting show. Like, he needs to be scared, he needs to be happy, but there's there's no really, like, complex thing that his character has to go through. So it, it almost felt like the sort of role that you beg for to get an Oscar nomination because it's, like just on paper the most sad thing that can happen yeah but it's not it's not necessarily stretching you it's just like gonna make people cry a little bit yeah um yeah i don't know i i i appreciate it as the first directorial debut like it definitely has nice sensibilities it's it's doing that thing that we've seen in chef now and a few other movies of like social media and hashtags just like flying (laughs) in the air Um, the the intro or close to the intro actually has some nice uh walter mitty type stuff of like oh that was cool yeah exposition being shown on the walls of buildings and on you know billboards and things like that i i'm always a sucker for that stuff but in general yeah it just didn't it didn't amount to much it was i felt like it, it was more educational maybe than it was like a gripping narrative uh, so I'm glad I saw it because I'm glad I know the story of what happened to this guy and why Jon Stewart felt vaguely guilty about it. But I definitely didn't walk away thinking like this movie is going to change people or deeply impact them. Chris. Uh, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think dry is a very good way to describe this film. I mean, it, it's sort of just a bare bones laying out of this event as it took place. And I think it's missing all of the, um, like, for me, it missed completely the emotional weight of the story. Like there's, there's maybe one moment towards the middle where I feel like it gets kind of heavy for a second, um, for our main character. And then beyond that, it's, it's really confusing. I mean, uh, I, I, in a story like this, like the reason you make a story like this is because you want to communicate the the gravity of a situation that took place, um, and it feels it feels like there isn't a whole lot of gravity to this story. And I, I know I'm I'm reducing it a lot, but I feel like this like so there, there there's a scene in the film where his captor is is trying to get him ag- to agree that he didn't really torture him. And that, like, none of this was actually torture. And then, you know, our main character says, like, if this wasn't torture, then what was it? Or something like that. And, like, when I watched it, I was like, it kind of wasn't torture. Like, I mean, it was it was psychologically, um, I mean, it was basically like he was held in a cell and questioned every day. And the questions to, like, what, what the film communicates well is that, like, you know, this regime is totally not with it as far as, like, where, like, technologically society has has gone and they just don't get it so like in in the interrogations where he's bringing up his like facebook profile and the things that he is quote-unquote claimed allegiance to and stuff like that um like that stuff is funny in in that like look at these guys don't get it and like well isn't that crazy that when you list liking this band on your facebook profile that like you could be like arrested in another country and they think that band is some like militant group of what like there's the idea of being in a foreign country where the government thinks you an enemy of the state and little things that you are just like, oh, sweet, look at this cool t-shirt I have could get you in trouble. That's an interesting thing to think about. But in general, the story doesn't really go anywhere. It's kind of just a guy being put in a prison cell for a hundred and whatever days or whatever it was. And 
there's not much more to it. Like the, the like I thought the tr- trailer was really really good for this, and it kind of sold mm-hmm. me this journey of of a guy who is two aspects. One is that this guy who is really trying to do something, communicate the the, the, the true beliefs of the people in an area where uh, you know doing that is bad for you. Then he gets arrested. He's he's being interrogated. He's trying to figure out a way to maintain hope. And he finds a way to, like, buck the system in the prison that he's in and revolt, not in a way of, like, a prisoner trying to escape, but just an, I won't let you break me. I'm going to still be, I'll still be hopeful, still be joyous and kind of overthrow your ability to, to keep me down by showing the joy of life and crap like that. Like, that, that's sort of what the trailer sold me. And instead, you kind of just get, like, guy films one inciting event gets arrested, has no idea what he's doing there for the first half of the time he's in prison. And the second half, he's like, there, there becomes a point where, where you sort of realize that you're really just being held and you're not technically in danger. Like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like there's a point where it's like, okay, well, nothing actually bad is going to happen to you. They're just going to keep holding you indefinitely. So yeah, that's still scary and it's still bad, but it didn't feel like a... You know, like Jack Bauer wasn't there beating the shit out of him every day. (laughs) No, and and I think maybe that's part of us being used to films going that extra, like adding the extra drama. Because we know, like, if we were stuck in a little room for 100 days, we would be pretty terrified. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. If we were stuck somewhere for 127 hours, we would be terrified, as we've learned. Yeah, Um, yeah. But considering the way this movie is built and the fact that it doesn't it doesn't make it that personal like i can imagine a film that really gets inside his head and makes you feel the weight of this like confinement and how draining it is yeah and i don't feel like this film tried to get inside his head it's like it's filmed as if it were one of those movies where drastic dramatic things are going to happen and then drastic dramatic things don't ever happen yeah Yeah, i i I feel almost too like if and this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. It's not a reveal in the film. It's like in the opening scenes, you get this. But his his wife is pregnant at the start of this movie. And I think him possibly being in jail and not getting to see the birth of his child or never getting to see his wife and soon-to-be child ever again, I think that's the only situation in the film that really feels that emotionally impactful. Um, and And I don't know if that aspect of this story is true or if it was added to add more emotional height there but like i feel like in in a normal film where people have been imprisoned like the the film usually jumps out of the prison to show us the mobilization of people trying to get this person out even if there's like and i don't mean like seal team six going in there and trying to rescue them i just mean that like that you you get people trying to you know make calls uh get stuff going so that they can try to you know get this person released from jail whether it's you know doing some sort of trade-off we'll release this prisoner you get like yeah like in argo yeah yeah like like seeing people trying to figure out a plan of how they're going to rescue this person even if nothing could be done there's still like there's a moment in this film where where you know uh, two characters talk on a phone and one of them is saying like oh we're doing all this stuff but like nowhere in the course of this film, do you ever see any of that stuff actually happening? They're just a character that referenced that stuff is happening. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a weird, it's a weird story that I feel doesn't really inform me about the situation. Like, I don't, uh, you know, you, you get, you get the, 
you get the, the the first interview he does where you you see a guy who is just like oh no this guy is the supreme awesomeness and you know he's the guy we need and then you you join one group for a moment and you see them going like no we're the educated and we like satellite dishes and and like screw those other guys and then all of a sudden he's in jail and like there there isn't any there there are no scenes where he's really trying to get behind a movement um, there's no I don't know there like I don't I don't think any of the like yes I really believe this is communicated at all in the film. It's sort of just like guy holds up a camera, gets arrested, and then the film's over. Like it, it's, yeah. I, I don't know. There's mm-hmm. something about it that kind of like, I, I I didn't learn anything, and I wasn't emotionally invested in it. And those are like the two. Like you you can go for either side. You can either make me completely emotionally invested in your character in this story. Or you can inform me about something, and if you do either of those things, I'll forgive you for not doing the other one. But I feel like this film doesn't really do either of those. So it doesn't, like, for me, it doesn't matter about any performances or anything like that. Like, I didn't walk out of the film feeling that anything, I I didn't attach myself to any aspect of this story. And that's, like, that, that just saddens me, I guess. Yeah, and Yeah. and I think maybe that's probably a byproduct of, I imagine the real person behind this was consulted in the making of this movie. Like it, it sounds like he was pretty tightly connected to John Stewart throughout it. Yeah. Which means like you can you can see that presence if if it's true because the character never really gets to be a hero or an idealist or anything. Like every time something good happens, the character also has his own share of weaknesses and insecurities and like I don't even know if it's spoilery to say the things that happen because it is based on a true story. Um, but there are certainly like plenty of moments where he does the opposite of what you believe an idealist like his father would have done yeah. in that scenario. Um, which almost seems like if someone were making a like movie about my life and I were weighing in on it, I would be like, oh, no, 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 that's unrealistic. No, that's unrealistic. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so what you get in the end is like a a thing that just tells you how things were rather than trying to communicate how things felt by maybe a little bit of like hyperbole. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, go ahead. Oh, no, no, that's primarily it. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that like, he, I mean, he is there as a reporter. He's trying to show these aspects of what's going on. So the fact that he gets in trouble for it, it's, it's he, like it. It's sort of. It's not that it's not tragic. It's that like he was trying to report on something and he's in trouble. Like they're holding him because they think he's a spy. And but he he is technically reporting on the events. He's just not trying to do it with like. He's not trying to be anti-government. He's just trying to report the news. But he is like he is guilty of what they are holding him for. for he just isn't guilty of, like, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But anyways, what the, the whole point I'm trying to make is, like, if you have this exact same story, but say a tourist is over there for some reason and snaps an Instagram photo of an event taking place and then gets arrested for that, and then they're calling him a spy, like, it's, that's almost more, like, I don't know, I feel bad saying this, but that's almost, like, more tragic because it's, like, I was just there on vacation and I took a photo 
I have no idea why they're holding me. Like, I don't know anything about the situation that's going on. I just took a stupid Instagram photo and now they think I'm a spy. Like, then even if even if there's no, like, if you're not truly being tortured, you're just being held, that's still freaky because you are confused. You don't know what's going on. You don't know necessarily the, the exact intricacies of the political climate there. You're just like, uh, am I ever going to get out of there? This is crazy. He sort of, he knows he's going into this, like, area where things aren't exactly so great. He knows that there's two sides to this, what's going going on he is reporting on some aspect like he you know there's a scene in the trailer like right before he holds up his camera where the guy's like you have the best weapon ever and you choose not to use it um and he like he knows in holding like when they come for him he probably has at least some sort of idea why they're coming for him if you were just a tourist you would have no clue why you just got arrested and you'd be really confused. You wouldn't even, like, you don't have a Newsweek to notice that you're missing who can start calling embassies and try to, like, you know, move a group of people to get you free. You're just a guy. Probably nobody knows you were there other than the people that saw your Instagram photo. And, like, it's, I don't know, that that to me is scarier given the context of nothing, not a lot happens in this story. And, and to the film's credit, that's definitely the direction where it tries to go by the end is uh, him saying very clearly, like, he was the lucky one, but all of the all of the people who didn't have a high profile or international attention yeah. are the ones he wants to advocate for, which is like a nice, it's a nice message, but that doesn't make a narrative that you are deeply connected to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think one one other thing I wanted to say is, there was definitely a potential to emphasize the, like, the, the whole film is kind of about the absurdity of the situation. Like you said, the disconnect that his captors have with reality and how it's kind of like this backwards thing where it feels aimless because he doesn't know exactly why he's there and his captors don't really know why he's there either. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't know what they hope to get out of him. They don't know, they don't know what, what winning would even look like in this scenario. Yeah. And I feel like maybe in a in a stronger filmmaker's hands, you could take that absurdity and turn that into something interesting. Like, even if you're not emotionally invested in it, you can build it up in such a way that it tells an interesting story. And this just kind of, like, presents it as the fact and lets you just kind of decide after the fact, like, oh, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't build it up in a way where you're, like drawn in even by the most interesting parts of it yeah and, and like I, I definitely wasn't drawn in but there was at least the the it did let me at least think about the idea that like that his captors are so desperate and so just grasping at straws that like as you said like they don't even know why they have me either they're just like they don't even for sure know that this guy's bad they just are so scared that he is bad that they're trying to do whatever they can and even the way that that whole situation resolves is like utterly ridiculous like the 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 whole his last his last uh, interactions with them are just hilarious like i was just confused at what had just happened <laughs> but anyways yeah so i i think that and I don't, I don't want to say too much more because I feel like this movie definitely doesn't, uh, doesn't have a whole lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> so you don't want to take the few things yeah. from it and give them away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I, I would say maybe the main arc of the film is for the first half or maybe two thirds, you are supposed to feel that this is the sort of torture movie like, like the expectations that he has, too, are very, very dark and very sad. 
and then there's sort of an I think it's okay to call it an upswing. In the trailer, it shows him dancing. Like, there's a moment when he realizes that mm-hmm. nothing too terrible can happen. And I think that arc, where it goes from, like, this is real danger to this is absurdity, is supposed to be, like, the interesting part, where by the end, it's like a joke, basically, that he was even there. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's just paced in a kind of weird way if it was trying to make you feel that. Yeah. Do you, do you have any last uh, comments, uh, Carson? Because I feel like you haven't said anything for a bit. No, I was just... I, I, there really isn't anything else to say other than I was going to mention. Um, I think his wife's pregnancy was a real thing because in the in the little coda, it said uh, like five days after he was released, his wife gave birth. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> yeah. If, if he was released. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. This is a huge embellishment. They just he's, decided he's a he spy was free. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming he didn't write his book from the cell. So. Oh, now no, that is no. deep. That is deep as if he wasn't released. Jon Stewart is trying to like exercise his demons by making a like nice fake story <laughs> of what happened. <laughs> yeah. There is an interesting story in there somewhere. Mm. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like they, they kept him, but by, by Jon Stewart convincing everybody that he was released it takes all the power from them (laughs) Mm. i i did like there were two points of realism that i liked one is that they did get jason jones to actually come and do his segment with him and two they didn't have john stewart show up in the movie at all right i was really afraid they were gonna have him like well they didn't even mention they didn't even mention the daily show it was just like they didn't give a name to this stupid comedy show or whatever yeah yeah I, w- yeah. I was glad I was glad he didn't show up as at least like a talking head in one of the news scenes or something. Yeah, that was good. I think that was the right move. Because hmm. it would have been distracting. Yeah, it was still a little bit distracting when they're filming that segment in the movie. Yeah, but I think it was it was crucial to the story. <laughs> so they could have the, why are you talking with Spy? <laughs> <laughs> I think he had to bring it up too because he definitely felt partly responsible for yeah. that reason. And I think, I mean... I think it was handled well, and I think, it, I mean, it was a big part of why he got captured. Yeah. So, I, I thought it was handled well. Like, I'm glad that he didn't, you know, put himself in the movie or, you know, mention the show by name or anything like that. If the Stephen film- Colbert doesn't show up and save the day or anything. <laughs> Here's some pistachios. <laughs> the one thing, though, that the film does teach us, at least us specifically, is if the three of us ever get captured somewhere overseas, we need to not make jokes about it because those jokes will not be interpreted as humor or sarcasm. They'll be they'll be interpreted as actual, like, true statements about our, right. <laughs> our situation. It's like joking about bombs on an airplane. Yeah. Just don't do it. <laughs> no. All right. Can't, well, can't make any poop jokes. <laughs> so should we wrap this episode up, guys? Mm. Yeah, I'm running late to a massage, so. <laughs> Ew. Don't kill the massager. Massager. Nah. Uh, I was trying to pronounce massager in a way, but masseuse is the word, so it doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> but give me credit for trying. No, I give that, you, that was good. I yeah, give you I, I, credit. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, but the, your captor will not. <laughs> no. No credit for the captor. <laughs> oh, cap, oh, captor, my captor. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys. Well, let's get to our verdicts then. Carson, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? I'll give it a wait for rental. Like like I said, it's it's very commendable. Uh, I admire that, uh, you know, John Stewart was trying to tell this story as is and not do anything, uh, not embellish anything too much. And I appreciated that. But overall, it's just too dry to really say go see it in the theaters i'd say like if you rent it probably best and it's not a bad movie it's 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 for for a first movie it's solid and like i would look forward to if john stewart decides to make another movie i i think that he could he could maybe deliver but i just think that that this this movie was just not it just didn't rise to the occasion but uh and i I do agree with Steven about Persepolis. I think that's a it's a good comparison. I I totally forgot about that movie because I saw it I don't know how long ago. I saw it in theaters, so like two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember liking it a lot and um so yeah. Steven? It it, it was just funny because that movie talks about the exact revolution that is like the precursor to this film. So mm. for one week, I felt like I was more prepared than I ever normally would have been to watch a movie about right. Iranian politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wait for rental. Steven? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm teetering between, I guess I think if we weren't in like the great movie season, I would probably feel a little more positive about this film. Like right now, there's been like too many good things for, for me to be that excited about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would give it like a weak recommend with a caveat, I guess, because I feel like in this season, maybe it would be a rental. But if this came out any other time of the year, I would be like at least, you know, more positive than I am negative. Um, the caveat being it's like it's very slow and dry. I think if you're interested in the story and if you know the real life story, then this is going to deliver on that. Um, it has some nice moments. I like I like the Leonard Cohen scene. I like the massage conversations like there were there were little bits like uh scattered throughout that were nice and the the overall message is uplifting but you know it's a weak it's a weak recommend for sure uh i i'm i'm gonna be the harshest i guess on this film i'm gonna give it a pass with a caveat i mm. i just it like this type of film like the only reason you really watch it is to feel really bad about not caring about the subject matter normally (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like you want to be you want to become invested you want to like walk away going like ah damn like this sucks um but i i think like i don't know it just just doesn't it 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 didn't have me emotionally invested it's sort of like a bare bones recounting of the facts we have about this case um and and i don't know maybe that's like I, I don't really have a huge problem with the way that John Stewart did it, I guess. I just, I feel like because it was a true story and there were a lot of facts to communicate that the film sort of just does that. And and um, to me, it, I, I don't watch this to just get the bare bones. I want to be, I want to, I want the film to force me to to be invested in it and to walk out of it like being like, oh man, like, you know, not that my life is going to change having watched it, but at least that like I'm thinking about that subject matter more than I was before I walked into the film. And I think that the trailer for it was genuinely really good. And I kind of expected a lot more from it than what it gave me. So for me, it's like I just I, I, I don't have a reason to recommend people to see it other than 
I'm a fan of John Stewart and I'd like, you know, his foray into movie making to to go better than it did. So <laughs> that that's how I feel. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can see that. I mean, I probably my initial reaction was probably a pass, but like I I'm giving it away for rental purely because of like I said that I I admired the way that he, at least he did it. Um, yeah. But, and I think that it is better than some of these other movies that are in like Kill the Messenger uh, where, yeah, I mean, basically watching the movie is basically the equivalent of just going online and reading the Wikipedia article. Yeah. Like yeah. you're not really getting much more than that. But, you know. Like, I, 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 feel, I feel like this story could have been told better as just a documentary instead of being a narrative film because it, it doesn't it, – it, it just feels very limited in what it's presenting me and it's not capturing me the same way that, like I, – I, I, I guess it, it's, it's not that the film is bad. It's just that the film doesn't do what I expect from this type of film and that let me down a little bit. All right, so I don't know where that sentence is going to be exactly edited perfectly because we've been having some Skype issues, but uh, let's just pretend like we were all done talking. Yeah, we were, we were pretty much done. <laughs> so uh, let's all say our goodbye, final whatever. So, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven? Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, hashtag revolution, or you can go to sdavidmiller.com. <laughs> hashtag Iran. You'll see the hashtag following me around too many cooks style. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will either come from the soundtrack to this film if it's available or it'll be like that that chanting music that Carson hates <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would jokingly add Metallica but you know I don't want to get sued by them so at least True. add the Lion King Lion King thing because <laughs> yeah. Africa is so not the Middle East <laughs> no but the joke was that funny. like his chanting sounded like I, I wasn't yeah like I wasn't doing it justice but you know what I mean like yeah. it's like no, the, yeah. my, my joke was not that I thought the Middle East and Africa were the same place it was just that the immediate thing I thought of when he started doing his <laughs> chanting was like <laughs> was Lion King yeah Simba being held yeah. up over the cliff <laughs> circle yeah. of life and I mean, I, I need to say in, in terms of like the having more respect for this movie than I did like it I do think, like, Jon Stewart was trying to be even-handed in his portrayal of the people, <laughs> yeah. which is part of not having that sort of, like, mystic chanting, this is a scary part of the world. You know, like, I loved Argo, <laughs> but Argo was definitely preying off of the mentality that, like, this is a terrifying yeah, they... place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this was very much trying to say the people are better than the politics. Yeah. Yes. But I could have used some chanting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad they back. didn't go there. Uh. <laughs> You'll have to end the episode with that SNL uh, song that they did. It was the Iran with uh, <laughs> yes, where it was like Andy Samberg and uh, oh, the creepy guy who was who was the president uh, Amitabh Jad or what I can't pronounce Ahmed it. Ahmadinejad. Yeah, it was him and 
him and Andy Samberg. I think it was like Fred Armisen was playing yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> they were lovers. <laughs> and, and on that note, I think uh, <laughs> I think we're going to go and record a review of The Theory of Everything. Mm-hmm. Good. See you guys later. <laughs>